We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. We're there. Uh, this will be the opportunity of a lifetime. Amen. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, and we'll read three verses. And we're going to talk about a a subject that I don't believe I have ever talked about. Uh, I've been favored to to minister to a group of pastors in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that are not in our organization, don't believe what we believe. They're not even connected to the same people we're connected to. There's about seven or eight of them. I had a group of them here last night. One of them called me today and said, uh, Pastor, I want you to be my mentor. I want you to teach me what you know. And God's allowed me to find favor with some people that don't know. Now, this man, I think, probably knows, but some that don't. And some of this is born out of meeting with these men because I recognize something in their spirit and in their heart. And then it caused me to recognize it in me. And so, here we go. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. Obviously, this is creation. And all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all of his work, which God created and made. I want to teach for a little bit on the thought of indestructible not many of us wake up in the morning feeling indestructible nothing is going to catch me nothing's going to get me nothing's going to happen there's no way I could possibly alright we are our own worst enemy and I want to talk about us, for us, and to us tonight. That we are not indestructible. We are dying, mortal people. We're dying. Every one of us are in the process. Sad thought, but the moment we draw our first breath, we're on our way. We're living that dash between the birth date and the death date. That's where we're all at. Right? Everyone in this room, that's where you're at. You're living in the dash. So I want us to pray. That may not make a lot of sense right now, but it will a little later. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. I thank you for every man, woman, boy, and girl in this acreage tonight. I ask you to touch each and every class. Touch Brother David as they teach and as they fellowship and as they enjoy one another. Sister Kim, Sister Carla, their classes, those that are in nursery tonight. You see them all. Just touch the work of their heart, of their voice, of their hand. Bless them. But... Lord, we pray for a special anointing on this room, on every man and every woman, every young person that remains here. Just ask you to bless us, touch us, move us with your message. Move us with your message. God, it's my prayer that you move us with your message. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. If you believe it, say amen. Give the Lord a little praise. God bless you. Thank you for being so faithful to the kingdom and to his service. You're beautiful people. There's a word I want to pull out of all of this. We're going to read one more passage first found in Matthew. But there's a word I want to, to focus on just a little bit. We've read a portion of it in the Old Testament. And we'll need to read a, a little portion in the New Testament. It's found in Matthew 11. And verse 28 through 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to draw a word out of both of these passages 
of Scripture. They have very similar, almost uh, straight uh, verbatim overlay meanings from the first book of the Old Testament to the first book of the New Testament. That's the word rest. The word rest in this Matthew says to cause or permit one to cease from any movement or labor in order to recover and collect his strength, to give rest, refresh, to give one's self rest, take rest, to keep quiet, of calm and patient expectation. So rest is not only a physical thing, it's a mental thing. Many times we just wear ourselves out worrying about tomorrow, worrying about yesterday, and then today just really gets a bad case of can't do nothing about it. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed, and the Bible says that it was like uh, great drops of blood as the sweat poured from his Brow. In this particular setting, he deals with the issue of, of rest, but he deals with it from another angle, and this is a way I want to uh, present this and talk to us tonight, that there is a time to rest, and then there's a time to know we gotta be, we got to be going. we got to be motivated. Now is our only moment. There's a lot of people in churches. There's a lot of people in this room tonight. If I was a gambler, I'd put all my chips on. There's no doubt 50% of the people in this room are tired. Just tired. And it makes church feel different. It makes friendships feel different. It makes family feel different. It makes, when you get tired, you get disturbed, you get discouraged. And so the Lord from the very beginning, God himself, the creator of all things, saw the need, whether it's to lead by example or if he felt some kind of way that all of this power and authority leaving him, he needed to be restored. So the Bible said that for whatever the purpose is, I couldn't find it for certain if it was, if it was for the being of God to be recharged of, of all the work or if he was leading by example. But for whatever reason and purpose, the Bible said that God rested. He rested. Now, my, my dad is a, 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 has historically been a, pretty much a workaholic. I mean, he really has. He and and I got. I have to say, I've I've enjoyed working. If I'm if I'm not doing something, I'll, I'll tell my wife sometimes I feel so lazy. It's why vacations don't always go that great for us. I get somewhere and about three days in, I'm going. Well, yes, everything's all right at home. And I'm looking for a problem. You know, I'm. I, Oh, you know, oh, we're, we're, fixing, we're fixing to get serious. But I want to tell you something. If you don't rest, I'm fixing to prove it to you. It's going to be very, very hard to be saved. Ooh, that was, that was heavy. That was, I'm, I'm, I'm glad there was only one, uh, one uh, outward worship right there because it makes me think you're listening close. So, in Matthew, here's what he says. During the Garden of Gethsemane prayer time, 26 and 45, Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now. Take your rest. Rest having the same meaning there as the previous meaning we read. Take your rest. Behold, the hours at hand the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Very next verse, we find Judas bringing the people. Happy birthday, Sister Donna. God bless you. Not an elder, a youngster. Amen. And so we find that uh, we, we find that the Lord Himself is now telling His disciples, after leading by example, and in several other cases that we've talked about, He looks at them and rebukes them in word and in spirit for resting. Here's why. Because there's no time to rest 
when eternity's on the line. The Lord is saying, you got to rest. you got to stay charged. You, 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 you have to be ready for the fight. But you cannot rest and take a beating. you got to fight. And so the point that he's making to his disciples right here seems contrary or, or in opposition to many other times that he talks about rest and what it means for our mind, our body, and our soul, our eternity, and our relationships. It's so deep in there. But here is what he's saying. He's saying, this is not the time to rest. So what he's saying is, you don't work all the way up until time to help save a soul or save your own and rest on my time. He rebukes them for resting on his time. It matters when we rest. We could, we could call that Sunday. We could call that uh, Wednesday. We could call that our normal prayer time. We could call it whatever we want to. But there's a clear and open rebuke and a danger of resting when it matters that we're not resting. But so many times throughout Scripture. So I just want to throw that out there to say there is a time that we as spirit-filled children of the Most High God should understand this is not the time to rest. But outside of that, we better do what God said do and the way he led us from Genesis to Revelation and we better learn how to rest. We're going to have a hard time with relationships, living for God, working things out. It's not just our hands and our feet busy. The Bible said your mind, it's got to be in neutral. you got to quit thinking about stuff. you got to turn it off. And here in a minute, I'm going to prove to you that that is sinful. Oh, so, oh, this is good right here. So I, I really, really got challenged because I, I don't sleep much at night, uh, Last night, my wife woke up at, I don't know what time it was, 3.40 or so, something like that. And she said, are you still up? I said, yep. And you know what I was doing? I was just laying there going. And I just didn't turn it off. And so many times we do this, and it's not healthy. It's not healthy for our eternity. It's not healthy. It's tough when you, when you give the best of yourself and then come to church and go to sleep. It's tough when you give the best of yourself and, and rest on his time. Now, somebody told me here a while back, they said, hey, now I've, I've got this problem I'm dealing with, and if I fall asleep on you, don't think I'm being disrespectful. I said, okay, that's cool. That's all clear. It's, it's, that's not even what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You can be standing on your feet clapping your hands and be resting. There's a difference in being plugged in and motivated and doing something and then just being resting. Cruise control is resting. You're still moving. You're still accomplishing your goals. You're still getting there. And you know sometimes our hand claps are on cruise control. Sometimes we just go through the motions Watch this. And the Lord says, just take your rest then. What you don't understand is salvation is in the balance. My life is in the balance. Things are happening. And I bring you here to support me and lift me up. And you find this as your place to check out. Oh, we're going to talk about it. Ecclesiastes 2 and 22. Watch this. For what hath man of all his labor? Listen to this. This is a strong rebuke. For what hath man of all his labor and of the vexation of his heart? Hold on to that word. Wherein he hath labored under the sun? It's a question. For all his days are sorrows and his travail grief. Yea, his heart taketh not rest in the night. This is also vanity. There is nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink and he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw that it was from the hand of God. Here's what he's saying. He gives us three words and I'm going to share the meaning of them and then I want to teach for just a few moments on this subject. The first thing he talks about 
in this passage right here. He said, what's a man? He's worked all day uh, under the sun. He doesn't take his rest. He comes back and tells us in the next few verses. He's not eating right. He's not keeping himself hydrated. That's what he's saying. You're not taking care of your flesh. You're not getting any rest. Here's the three words that he applies to this. Sorrow, travail, and grief. This is what will come on a man that works all the time and never restores his mind and his flesh. Here's what happens. Sorrows. It's anguish or affliction. Do you, do you know anybody that has been in anguish? Well, that's a tough word. That's a tough word. Anguish is a deep spiritual, oh. It's a, it's, a, it's a growl. It's a, oh, not Wednesday again. Uh. Travail. Here's what travail means. It means the occupation, the task, or the job. So here's what he's saying. Whatever you do for fun, whatever you've been appointed to do, or whatever you do to make a living. If you don't restore your mind, your body, and your soul, it will turn into a vexation for you. Oh, and grief. Here's what grief means in this setting. Anger and frustration. There's one more. I told you there's three. There's four because the last one's vanity. And listen to what vanity means right here. Emptiness. Emptiness. We always see vanity as something else. And it is something else in other settings. In this setting in Ecclesiastes, the word vanity means empty. So here's what the Lord said. He said, first of all, you should have watched how I done things. When I was creating everything, I rested. I'm God. Everything is in my power. It's in my authority. I could have just created more time. I could have just created more days. I, I, I could have just designed a, a, a natural rest. But for whatever reason, the Lord God himself said on that day I rested. I worked out my work week and then I just relaxed. And what he's saying is I relaxed my hands, I relaxed my feet, I relaxed my mind, I relaxed my thoughts. I quit worrying about what everybody was doing. The Bible said everything that occupied the earth was already made by then. Can you imagine God having created all of these things and saying I'm not messing with any of that today. I'm resting today. Now, I don't know who else he would say it about, but he could say, I don't care what the rest of y'all think. Today, I'm resting. And so, I just want to talk to us a little bit that we're not indestructible. We, we, we can't continue on the road that we're on because without that we end up with anguish affliction and travail we end up with anger and frustration and emptiness there's nothing worse I don't believe there may be in some case but there's, there's not much let me say that's worse than a child of God that is always frustrated always mad about something there can be a hundred good things going now, uh, I, I have been having some meetings in the last little while, making some plans for the second half of the year, and it just so happened that uh, Missy and I and Sister Rima were up here at the church making a Sunday school plan and schedule and looking at some things, and, and something happened in that meeting, and, and it, it kind of shook me a little bit, and uh, I, and I just blurted it out. I wish she was in the room right now. Uh, she'd know exactly what I'm fixing to say. But I just blurted out what came over my heart. She, she, was, she was sitting there and we agreed the Sunday school needs a little shot. That's how we said it. We said it just needs a little shot, just a little ignition, just a, you know, just, just a little go. You know, it's summertime. It's coming into the lazy part of the season. You know, it's hot and you're just bothered and worried. And we just, it just need. And I said, you know what, you're right. Our youth needs it, our men, our ladies. And I went down the line and said, we all, everybody just needs a little shot. And as soon as that come out of my mind and out of my mouth, something else started flowing. Brother Chris, I didn't even think about it. It was not something that, that Brother Jamie, I wasn't sitting there thinking, now how can I respond to us agreeing? I mean, it wasn't that at all. 
It just come right out of my mouth. Here's how quick it happened. I said, yes, we really do need a little shot. But you know what? We're spoiled. And she looked at me like, and you're ignorant. Because <laughs> I knew she didn't have a clue at that very moment what we were talking about. And then she agreed because she just kind of agreed. You know, it was just like, well, yeah, we're spoiled, but what are you saying? You know, and I said, We've baptized as many people this year as there are Sundays. And we're looking for a spark. And there's other people that haven't had water in their baptistry in a year. So here's what I want to tell you. Sometimes it is of our nature. If things are, re- that, well, oh, we, we got to be doing more. More. I'm not, I'm not pushing for laziness. My goodness. We got enough of that. I'm just talking about from from the standpoint of people that stay frustrated and stay worried. Here's what happens. Hell will come tell you church ain't what it used to be because you're tired. You'll come in weary and well. Oh, I'm going to get excited. Forgive me. You come in weary and well-doing. You've been working all day, building houses, paving roads, fixing computers, painting the doors, whatever it is. I'm just looking across. Uh, even retired, you're sitting there and your mind's going, we could do this, we could do this. And the Lord's just saying, stop. Hell is going to convince you there's too much happening for you. I want to tell you something. There have been times. There's never been a time I was not honored to step into any pulpit. I want you to know that. Ever. Ever one time as I stand here holding this one. I have never thought. Ah, whatever. Yeah, that's just another service. Another pulpit. Another, another opportunity to preach the word. I, you know. But I can't tell you how many times I have said. God. If I had an hour. And he said, I gave you a week. And you got frustrated with it and came home early. Hush. Here's what I know is happening. I watched this talking to some other pastors. I've looked back on my own life and I look at this congregation. And as the the summer creeps in and traveling time comes and we we walk into his spirit and into his presence and, and we have worked ourselves down and we've been thinking about it and we've been going all day and Lord it's it's Wednesday and I'm tired and, and sometimes we don't even want to admit that we're tired because that makes us look vulnerable but I want to tell you something if, if we always put out this superhero mentality that we're not tired and we're not down and we're not dealing with a little discouragement what happens when our children start learning from us and they get tired and they say well I must not have it because I never saw that mom and daddy sometimes we try to guard our feelings to such a degree that it hurts and destroys the generation behind us it's okay to be discouraged just don't be lost It's okay to be down and out. Well, I hadn't felt anything. You're tired. Get off the computer. Turn the phone off. Get off the television. Get social media out of the way. Quit watching the news. Who cares how many more people run for president? Take a nap. Rest your mind. Rest. Kid you not. The Lord checked me tonight. Here's what my plan was. I was going to read you a couple of passages of scripture, turn the lights down low and turn the music on and tell you to stay for an hour. I was curious. I thought, well, probably everybody will leave. You know, probably everybody just say, that's the end of service. It's time to go. I knew you wouldn't want to rest at church, but I, I promise you I thought about it. It was my consideration until I walked down that hall and into this building. Here's what I'm going to tell you. If you don't take some time Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. If, if, if you don't just take a few hours, if you're a golfer, go play golf. If you're a fisherman, go fishing. If you ride motorcycles, go ride motorcycles. I do all of those, and I hadn't done any of them. I took a couple of evening rides on a motorcycle, but hadn't been on the golf course in a bit, once in a good while, and, and hadn't been fishing, and hadn't been on vacation, been planning a trip, and pushing it off, and pushing it off, and I, I asked uh, Missy before church, I said, well, you think we're even going to go anywhere? You think we're even leaving? 
You know, because uh, there are some walls still left to paint. You know, we got a spot of grass we've been dealing with. Can't figure out what killed it and why it looks so terrible. I was out there scratching around in that today, digging an inch deep on video with Brother Fuller saying, look, it's too much mulch. Nothing can grow here. Looks like we threw bark mulch over it. The trees from last fall killed all this grass. I don't know, but here's what I know. The Holy Ghost has anointed me, called me, placed me, and kept me from heading on vacation early to come tell you You've got to take some time for you. You've got to lay up. And somebody said, boy, that's the pot calling the kettle black. But hear me. You have got to, I'll take care of me. Let me preach to you tonight. You got to take some time for you. If you stay frustrated, you won't enjoy your grandchildren frustrated. You won't enjoy one song if your soul is vexed and your mind is vexed and there's a vexation on your heart. You won't enjoy, you won't even recognize when somebody stands up and says, I'm almost nine years sober. That'll go over like a flock of dogs because you're not rested. But when you're rested, you're ready to worship. When you're rested, you're ready to have church. When you're rested, you're ready to be a parent, a husband, a father, a grandfather, a business owner, a boss man, an employee. When you're rested, you're best. Just a little monitor, brother. I'm trying to rest my voice tonight. Watch. Watch this. He, he, He says it brings sorrow. Sorrow. He says it brings travail. It brings grief and it brings vanity. Vanity meaning emptiness. After you fill yourself up with so much of the world, you're empty. How can you be empty if you're full of the world? Because he's not concerned about being full of the world. You're empty of him. And he says if all you ever have on your mind is next... You know, how do we rejoice with new babies in Christ? How do we fellowship them? How do we enjoy them? How do we disciple them if it's always next? Got this and baptized. Good to see you, buddy. Hope you make it from now on. Next. I heard about 12 it's trues. Somebody's listening. Hear me. I want to tell you something. You can't be a church. You can't be a family. You can't, you can't have any of those things if you can't first rest. I'm going to tell you right now, since I've been preaching, I've got about 10 emails. A couple of text messages and one knucklehead tried to call me from the building. But do you know, if I, if I deal with all that right now, when will it ever stop? Here's what I'll do. I'll stay frustrated. You'll stay frustrated. Let me tell you something. If I call you every day, and nobody calls me every day, so don't think I'm, 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 I'm putting this on you. It's tough to say from the pastor's position. People say, well, he must not be. It's not the case. If I call you every single day, Multiple times, and I say, I need 30 seconds of your time, and 45 minutes later, my chicken's cold. Are you hearing me eating, and it frustrates you because it's like, well, I wanted to be the first in line here. Well, I went through the drive-thru first. (laughs) You know, I'm sorry. I I apologize. I should have known. I should have had an ESPN. (laughs) So, we, we, we have, folks... We gotta understand something. If we don't rest, we die young. If we, some folks will say, well, working's what kept me alive. You might be right, but how much did your family suffer? How did your children and your grandchildren suffer? Do you even know them? Do you have a relationship with them? How is your relationship with God? If all you know is work all the time, yes, you better work and provide for your family, but you gotta figure out maybe you're living above your means. If you got to work that much overtime just to get the light bill paid. Oh. 
I don't like to see saints of God. God doesn't like to see his children. He does not like to see people in a state of sorrow and already preoccupied with what's happening tomorrow to such a point we can't even just clear all that out and rest a little while and just say, God, just just love me. Just make me light. Attach me to your yoke. Let's, let's, Let's just go easy. I want to tell you something. Work causes families to disintegrate. It happens. If he's working nights, she's working days, the babies never get to see them together. They don't know how real relationship is. A lot of times they're the ones growing up wanting to know if they even want to be married because they've seen what marriage looks like and it wasn't a great picture. I'm always gone. I'm always doing this. I'm always off to next so we can pay the bills next. So we can, hey, we've got to do what we have to do. I understand. And the Lord's given us our job and He's given. But in the, in the simple, in the context of all of this, we have got to learn how to just sit down for a little while and check out. And here's where I feel the most impressed and the, and the most burdened. And it's heavy right this very moment to tell you that you can't live for God successfully. You can't win a soul. You won't be a shining example. You won't be a good book read of men if you're always tired. How you doing? I think I'm going to make it. How you doing? Well, I'm just barely hanging on. How you doing? I don't know, man. This job's killing me. Well, it's 90 degrees out there. Duh, you live in Texas. It's June. Wait till July the 20th. Here's what I'm trying to tell somebody. Take it easy for a few moments. Relax your heart. Relax your mind. Pray. Get in a good, cool place like it is in here tonight and cover up with a blanket and say, Lord, if you got anything to say to me, say it because I'm not saying anything else today. Sometimes we believe prayer is a monologue when prayer is a dialogue. We say, God, here's what I need. Now you talk. I've called myself in the prayer room before for an hour straight. By the time I leave, my voice is tired. My lungs are tired. My legs are tired. Boy, I'm praying. I'm pushing it out there. And the Lord said, if you just sit down and hush, I'd talk. Oh, come on. A person that don't take some time. I I know people in here, they're, they're tending to family members. Some of you, Brother brother Tony is one of them. Uh, I know Brother Chuck historically took care of parents. And Brother Tony's doing that now. And some have taken care of a spouse or a child or or, or someone that has some type of a physical handicap or something in your family. And you've taken care of them. And it's just like, oh, man, I I just need to catch one break. I believe this so much that when I got my first phone call today, or maybe it was the second, I told my wife, I said, you know what I know for sure? She said, what? I said, I know it's Wednesday. Because hell woke up in overdrive. Well, did you have a lot of bad stuff happen today, Pastor? No. I was busy. I needed the oil changed in my truck before I go on my 30th anniversary. And a 10-minute place took 40. So then I was mad. Because that's 30 minutes I missed out on in the office. That's another verse I could have looked up for you. You're thanking them people, aren't you? Hey, somebody hear me right now. What I'm telling you is you can have your day planned out. You can have everything lined out. But God, in all of his wisdom, before there was ever an opposition to him, rested. Oh, it doesn't sound like a sermon. I told you it wasn't going to be a sermon. I'm just, I'm just speaking practical with you right now. If, if, if you don't rest, if you don't rest, you become cantankerous. You, 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 be, you become like you're in a steady, it's a steady, well, I'm indestructible. The Bible says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No, that's not a weapon formed against you. That's you. That devil, he will not let me rest. Come on now. 
Get real for a minute. The reason you feel like you feel church ain't what it used to be and discouragement's crept in because you've allowed yourself to be overworked, maybe underpaid, over-relied on. You feel the pressure of the whole, everybody else's world on your shoulders. And when you show up at church, it's just that's when you finally get to breathe. That's the moment you ought to be able to come in and worship because you have allowed yourself to put everything else on the back burner and rest. There's a time for it. It's not during church. It's not during the altar service. It's not when a soul is in the balance. It's not when Calvary's about to happen. It's not when the blood of Christ is trying to flow on someone. But at some other time on your time, we have to find ourselves a place and rest. I've, I've thought about it so many times. Lord, just just. When, 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 I, when I left the Cachetta Church to come to Terrell, they got together, had a vote. One of the board members came to me and said, Brother Hathcock, here's what I want you to do. And I said, what's that? I'd appointed him. He's one of the guys that served under me. And I said, what, what, would, what, what do you want me to do? And Because uh, I had just resigned the church. I was coming here. And he said, I've talked to everybody that I can talk to in the church and we're in 100% agreement. We'd like for you to take six months, go to Florida, rent a condo, and lay on the beach for 180 days and don't even take a phone call. And then come back six months. We had just gotten out of a building program. I, didn't want to, I wasn't looking to leave. The Lord worked all that out in his timing. And I wasn't burnt out. But I can tell you every single day of my life what was on my mind. Because there you didn't need permits. There you didn't need the city. I framed it. I built it. I put the ceiling in it. I put the glass in it. Put the roof on it. You got to go see it. It's a nice building. These hands. Brother Brian Emerson helped me a pretty good many nights. But here's what I'm going to tell you was a fact. I was tired. I go to the pulpit tired. I do Bible studies tired. I was, I was in a steady, just a perpetual state of, oh, how can I go to the hospital when the building needs to be built? How can I call and pray? And, but, you know, and, and so that now I've learned. Somebody said, well, when the new building comes, how's it going to be any different? Because that's what contractors and subcontractors are for in 2023. Come on, we're talking a lot of years ago now when things were different and I don't even have the credentials to be on the, to, on the site working. But here's what I'm telling you. You can even take the work of God and work yourself down with it. He said, don't get weary in well-doing. If you knock enough doors on Saturday and nobody shows up, it won't be long. You'll be in mental anguish over it. Well, I've gone out every Saturday. I've heard this. I've dealt with this in the office to where I've had to even say, hey, just chill. Just relax. Let's, let's work through this. Let's talk to Well, every time that I get ready, and man, I mean, just, just in almost attack mode, I try, to, I try to go. Every time the altars open, I go. I look for somebody to pray. I'm there on Saturday. I pay my tithes, and I, I trim the trees and cut the grass and just, Ugh! Losing their mind over things they've been doing for God. Why didn't you take one of them days and rest? When are we going to do that? When are we going to do that? If there's one thing this church is lacking, and I take, I take all full responsibility, it's lacking social interaction. We got good preaching. I can spit one out every now and then. We got seven or eight guys here that can do it. We've got good singing. We've got good teaching. We've got good music. We've got the truth. We've got, we're sound. We've got fundamental sound doctrine. We're, we're, we're good, but we're not resting enough. Every time you show up at the church, ought not be just to have church. Sometimes you show up to sit around one of them tables in there and just chillax for a little while. And visit with one another and have a ladies' breakfast or a men's breakfast or a youth social event, whatever it is. Every now and then, it is the order of God that the church rests. Somebody said, well, that's church day. That's supposed to be, that's supposed to be ready. No, no, no. The work days, he worked. Church day is church day. 
And then we all need to rest. Listen to what he says right here in, in Mark 6, 31. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. This is disciples, after they've been healing everybody, talking to everybody, praying for everybody, leading everybody to the next phase of salvation. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. What we learn about that story there in Mark 6 is a little later, people would chase them down and join them. But Jesus Christ recognized, my disciples have been walking all over this countryside teaching people about salvation and who the Messiah is and what's coming and what's going to happen. And they haven't rested. I'm ordering you to rest. I see it in your eyes. I feel it in your spirit. I see that you're frustrated and you're angry. You don't know how this is going to work or how it's going to end up. I see you asking questions, Simon Peter. I see you, Matthew. I see you, Judas. I feel your spirit. I know you're frustrated. I know you're tired. I keep telling about things to come and it never comes. Don't get so tired that the prophetic word bothers you. I hope we're all right here. There's been a lot of times I just said, Lord, not today. Not today. If you'll rest, you'll never feel that way. If you shut it down an hour or two earlier in the evening, I've got this deal. I'm always available. Call me. 3.40 the other morning. Phone rings. Hey, what's up? How you doing, Pastor? Can you pray for me? I need this. Yeah, no problem. That's common. And if you have to do that, that's fine. But I know now why some pastors say, at 10 o'clock, my phone's off. If you die, somebody tell me about it in the morning. I can't change it. Can't, you know, I ain't going to be able to come see you. I see you on the other side. I'm not, I'm not that way. But the, the older I get, the more I'm realizing if I don't spend some time with my children, I get one shot. If I don't spend some time with my grandbabies, if I don't spend some time with some of you in a boat or on a golf course or on a shooting range or, or on a, or wherever it might be, there will come a day when I will need that so bad. Take it while you can get it. Rest. Get some rest. Don't be frustrated because you're tired all the time and you become a person that can't listen, can't hear, can't retain. Don't, don't understand. Feel like you're being driven instead of led. That is frustration. That is tired. Watch this. Acts 9, 26. And when Saul, remember who Saul was. He was killing the Christians. He, he, he don't like them. He has a conversion, and then this is what happens. When Saul was coming to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples. He made a decision to get with them and walk with them. But they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. This is Saul talking. And he was with them coming in and going out of Jerusalem. And he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians. But they went about to slay him. Which when the brethren knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified. They were filled. They were satisfied. They were blessed. They, it brought them growth. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost, they were multiplied. You may tell you part of multiplication is rest. Part of growing a church is resting. Part of winning souls in the altar is resting. Part of a healthy family and friendships is resting. Part of the miracle is to be rested because who knows when you're going to be called on in a moment's time and you got to go now. Stay rested. Be ready. Work hard. Rest well. He told all the churches, he said, hey, y'all rest and just take it easy now because the enemy, we've won the enemy. I want y'all to rest. During their rest, they multiplied. Everybody wants to be part of a body that can rest. 
Oh, y'all all right? They rested throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. And they were edified. And they were walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. The very first portion of the miracle was rest. Wow. Here's the difference. Rest right here don't mean what it means in Ecclesiastes and Matthew. Here's the definition of rest from Acts. You know, virtually everything changed when the Holy Ghost fell. The meaning of words changed. Watch, it's a fact. Rest. The tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is. What does that mean? Well, probably one of the hottest jobs in the building is the company Brother, Brother Chris owns and, and operates. That's roofing. I roofed an apartment complex one summer. Helped some guys. Dave Simmons roofing right down here in Terrell. I roofed with those guys one year back in the 80s, about 85, 84. And, and here's what it means. I'm tired. I'm beat down. I'm burnt up. My calves are killing me. I've been going up and down them roof all day long. I'm weary. And, and when I sit down, if my mind is right and my heart's right and I know I'm saved in the Holy Ghost, I don't even worry if my heart stops. It's what it means. No matter what lot you drew in life, we've got people that cook in here and we've got people that work manual labor. We've got people that run businesses. We've got people their job is on the telephone. But it doesn't matter if your mind is so busy that you can't enjoy rest for your body. It don't matter if you're on the roof or at the computer desk. If you're steadily frustrated, aggravated, mad, and you come into church, the song's too fast, it's too loud, it's too slow, the preacher was going to be 35 minutes, he was 45, we didn't have a baptism, we had a small crowd, I'm mad, I heard a baby cry, why is she wearing them clothes? My goodness, I'm losing my mind. Come on, it's what happens in the spirit, and people don't even realize it. We can be on our way to hell because we did not rest. When you're tired, you find everything that's wrong. The kids are too loud. The car's running rough. The stereo ain't working. The TV won't come in. The computer keeps jamming up. It's the will of death. I wish somebody just... I've watched it. I've seen it in people's spirits. They just lose their minds because they're tired. I've been there. I've been that guy. I felt an aneurysm pop in my head one time. You know, it sounds like I'm not making light of it. I, I, was, I was bearing down so hard in my spirit and mad, I felt something go inside of my head. It was like a warning. I went, whoa. It's cool. <laughs> I'm still here. You know, you got to check and make sure you're alive sometimes. Why? Because you can get so frustrated. I went to church and I did not get the message. Lord, I, I told you that, that I would get up and worship if they'd sing that one song. I hadn't sung in a month. <laughs> Y'all, this is so funny and it's so hilarious. And, and, and I'm just telling you, it's, it, but it's so true. And I feel that way sometimes. Go to youth camps and count meetings and, 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 and events and, and all these people and they're, they're getting paid. I'm not against paid musicians. I wish we could pay all of ours because then we could make them be here. That's not against the ones that ain't here tonight. So just get over it. That's just, that's, that's just cutting. But it'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. But you know what happens sometimes is I go to these meetings and, and I know that they're paid because we have to pay them when I do a men's conference. So I know all these conferences are paying these musicians and they have time and they should be paid. They, they take off work and they go practice near there early. They set up their equipment. It's, just, it's all good. They should be. But I, I've been sitting there before out in the congregation and it wasn't my gig. And, uh, and I say that lightly. You know what I mean by that. I didn't have nothing to do with putting it all together. I'm sitting out there and, it's, and, and things are happening and, and the, the lights come on and start moving. 
And the front row has been instructed to lean like this on beat one. And the second row have been leaning like this on beat one. So you got this scissor effect going on up here. And row three just pops up every second move, you know. It's just like. I'm out there. I'm tired. I've done driven. I've done rented a a hotel. I'm taking my vacation time. And I'm like, would y'all just stop and sing? Turn the lights off. Quit that choreographed dancing you got going on. Or I'm going home. And surely they all stopped and said, oh, we're sorry, Brother Rusty. No, they didn't. They said, you're tired and old and grumpy. Go home and come back rested tomorrow. It's a fact. It's a fact. Tonight, I'm a little vulnerable. One of the sweetest people in the world I know is Sister Debbie Beckham. But I know me. And when I come in on Wednesday nights, if there's not one fast song, I get in the mully grubs. As beautiful as those songs. I think, no, it's not her fault. She's doing what the Spirit tells her to do. She's praying about what she does. And I'm not asking her to change it. Here's, here's what I do. I sit over there sometimes and I go, it's, it's, it's like this. I know it's not this song, but it's like this. Draw me near her. You know, I look over there and I see Brother Jim trying to get the, 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 the fill-in drummer to slow down. <laughs> Bro, it, you don't get by me. <laughs> I'm like, my God, don't slow him down. I'll fall asleep. <laughs> Come on. And then the second song hits, and I'm like, oh, this will be a good one, I'm sure. Whatever you do, don't wake us up, drummer. <laughs> I love you, Brother Jim. It couldn't be anybody but you. And I'm just, I'm, I'm going, oh, God, I need a song. I need a song. And so I had to start walking. I had to start walking. You know why? Because I'm not rested. I ought to be able to come in on Wednesday night and just go, here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up. Quench this thirsty of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I walked no more. Here's my cup. I lift it up. Come on, somebody hear me right now. It shouldn't matter what the beat of the drum is, what the thump of the bass is, or what the song is. Instead of being chronic complainers and needing it to be my way, I need to be rested enough to be able to just say, I'm here. I'm here to praise you. I don't care who preaches. I don't care who sings. I don't care what the lights are doing, what the temperature is, what happened. I'm just here. I'm rested. I'm ready. Let's do this thing already. But if, I, but, but if I bring Sonic in with me and McDonald's and the roofing company, the computer company, and the sales pitch, and I can't get none of it off of my mind between songs, I'm checking emails. Oh, yeah. Well, when I get out of here, look, he ain't got but eight more minutes, babe. She's fixing to shut him down. It's going to be hard to be saved with a vexed heart. A frustrated heart. Why am I not healed? Why am I not healed? And stay frustrated about that. That is a vexation of the heart and of the soul and of the mind and of the spirit. And if I'm always in a state of vexation because I have no rest. You know rest is the first half of restored. You know that rest is the first third of restoration. Without rest, there is no restoring. There is no restoration. There, there, there is no re-upping. Folks, we're only given a certain amount of energy in a day. Wow. The tranquil state of a soul. Listen to this again, this definition. The tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever 
sort that is. But God, why am I the one that has to deal with all these people that need assistance? Why, why am I the one that needs to make all these decisions? Why am I the one? Here's what he's saying. When you learn to rest through that, you'll find peace. You're not backslid. I'm going to... I'm going to preach to you for two, two minutes right here. Don't let hell convince you you're lost. There's a huge difference in conviction and condemnation. If condemnation says you're wrong and you're on your way to hell and you can never change it, Paul told Timothy that spirit is not even in our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not in his DNA to say you're done and that's it. That won't happen until judgment and he's not at that chair yet. So when you feel that spirit that, that you're already done, you're already over, you might as well just throw the towel in. That's hell's finest work and it's doing real well on you. Don't ever let hell convince you you're done when you're sitting in a church with another opportunity. Conviction says you messed up, but you're going to make it. But if you're too tired, you won't know the difference in conviction and condemnation. Until we know the difference in condemnation and conviction, we won't know the difference in the voice of the sheep, the shepherd, or the wolf. It'll all be the same if condemnation and conviction sound the same. That's frustration. Don't let the enemy convince you. Why am I tired? Why is it that I don't feel in my flesh like getting up and going? Why is it that I don't want to, I don't feel like going to church? You're tired. That don't mean you're lost or you're, you, 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 things are out of order or things are misplaced. There's people in this building tonight. You made a decision on the way. You're just going to go ahead and come. There's people here tonight that decided, you know what, I think I will just go ahead and go to church. It was not a heavy draw. It wasn't that your body was saying, whoo, I'm relaxed and ready. Man, let's go just go do this thing. No, it was a fight. It was a battle. You had to cancel something to make it happen. And when you have to change your schedule for God, vexation will cause you to be aggravated and have contempt towards God. If it hadn't have been Wednesday, I probably could have got that job. If it hadn't have been Wednesday, I could have got that overtime. If it hadn't have been Sunday, I... We all right? I'm done. If there's a song, y'all, y'all come on and get it ready. I just want you to... I, I want you to just hear this. Rest. A few months back, I don't know what month Pastor Appreciation Month is. Maybe some of y'all know, but... Y'all, y'all celebrated me and you honored me and, and, and I was so appreciative of that and I always am undeserving a lot of times but I got to thinking about something if there are no saints there is no pastor If there's nobody for you to lead as a pastor or a shepherd or a boss man or whatever it is you're supposed to lead, if there's nobody following, wake up. You're not leading. And pastor appreciation is always so special. And I like to go on and watch and see what people are are doing for their pastors and whatever. I got to thinking about something the other day. A comment was made and I heard it and I said, oh, that's coming. I don't know when, but sometime about September or October. We're going to have Saints Appreciation Day. And we're going to cater in a big barbecue. Probably not that. That'd make Brother Jim have to work. We'll probably do tacos or something. But we'll cater in something. Have something come in. And I don't care if i got to put it on a credit card, which I'm opposed to. You're not going to pay for it. Because every now and then, people need to be reminded, if I wasn't there, none of this would be here. If I wasn't doing my part, none of this would get done. But the only way we can ever know that what we're doing is right 
and in order and everything's okay even when it don't look okay is because we're tired we're frustrated we're worried the only way it's ever going to look right when it's not right is when I'm rested spiritually, physically, emotionally in our relationships everything will be affected negatively or positively by how we take care of ourselves. so I'm going to challenge you Record it. Look at it later. Don't let it get in your rest time. Well, that's how I rest. You cannot tell me you're resting while you're watching the news and your blood pressure is 200 over 135. You are not resting. When your heart beats 95, resting. I was resting so good the other night, I thought I was dead. (laughs) I I was sitting in my chair. It's a fact. I was sitting there and I said, I felt something kind of funny in my chest and I said, hey, I didn't like that. <laughs> so, old devil said, you better check your pulse. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> I didn't feel nothing. And I said, well, Lord, I know what fingers to use and where to, where, you know, I, and, am I like in that two minutes or something? That, I mean, I don't know how all that works, but am I like a hundred seconds out now? Lord, forgive me if I've done anything. Fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. Fix it. <laughs> Don't lie. Don't lie. You do it too. When you have a pain, you don't call a doctor. You say, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. <laughs> and so, uh, back when we had coronavirus in, in 20 and 21, and uh, one of the things they told us to buy was an O2 sensor. Keep, a, keep an eye on your O2 sensor. And I said, hey, where's that O2 sensor at? I'm going to check my heartbeat. I'm sitting there. I just sat down when I felt that. My heartbeat was 40. So naturally, I get on Google. I got to see if I'm almost dead. I mean, I'm just fixing to be walking on the streets of gold, maybe. And so I look, and it says, in some cases, an athletic or healthy heart rate can be below 40. And then I was like, I'm the man. (laughs) You know, I went from dying... (laughs) I went from dying to, boy, I'm an athlete. I'm the guy that, I mean, come on, somebody. Y'all, I don't know what this has been tonight. I I don't know, but I hope you got something out of it. Maybe I'm already on vacation. Maybe I'm already resting. Somebody will leave and say, yeah, he rested through the whole service. Uh, I just want to challenge you. Just, Just outside of this text, outside of all of this. Rest. Rest. It'll make you a better lover to your children. A lover of souls. A lover to the people that you care for. A lover of truth. A lover of sound doctrine. It'll make you better. And when you go from better to best, it'll only be because you've had good rest. Hey, I want us to stand together. I I want to challenge you. I want to just send you a challenge. Between now and Sunday. Now, I wanted wanted to have a a church event the next week and then realize it's Father's Day. So we'll have something planned for after service in the next three to four weeks, very quickly. But I I want you to do something. I'm just asking you. I mean, nothing's going to happen probably if, if you don't. But I want you to just make it a point to intentionally take two hours just two hours. Call all, call your children and say, if you need me, text. Text to me, 911. That's, that's, that's my deal with my children. If I don't answer the phone and you need me right now, text me, 911, and I'll call you. Outside of that, I'm going to be resting. Or I'm in a hospital call or in a meeting or whatever. You text me, 911, I'll walk out every time and I'll call you. Just two hours. Because that's almost a tenth. And just do that rest for the Lord. That's almost the first fruit of your time. Two hours in a day. Not night time, not sleeping. But where you're in control. And you just say, okay, I'm gonna kick my feet up. I'm gonna read my book. 
I'm going to listen. I'm going I'm to do whatever I want to do. I'm going to turn the light down. I'm going to get a blanket. I'm going to snuggle myself. I don't care how he or she feels about anything I'm doing for the next two hours. I love y'all. If you need me, scream, call, text 911. But I'm going to be rested. You know what happened? God's going to take that two hours and he's going to multiply it. And he's going to give you rest for your mind, for your soul, and for your heart. And then when you walk in church next time, it won't matter what song's playing, what the lights look like, who's got a choreographed dance going on, what baby cries out in church, who screams, who shouts, who hollers. You're going to come in rested. you got one purpose, and that's to worship God. Hey, let's just lift our hands together. I'll never, ever, ever, ever close a service without giving an opportunity. If you're a person that you know you are overworked by your own choice, you know it. I'm one of those people. I sit there an hour and I feel like a lazy mutt. I'm looking for something to do. And somebody said, well, that's ADHD. Well, I've had it all my life and it's just the way it is. But you still got to do something. You still have to take a rest. So here's my question as we get ready to leave here. Thank you for your time. I love you. You're the best. I hope you have a great service Sunday, Brother Jerick. I'm so proud of you. Glad about the baptism. Another name is going to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That boy, I believe, has been filled with the Holy Ghost before. If he's not, he will be. And that's a promise. Is there anybody that would like, not from me, from the Lord? Acts 2, verse 38. That's the promise. If anybody wants to walk to this altar, you know you've just tried to stay so busy that it has affected any one single portion of your life. I don't care what it is. Family, friendship, health, finances.